Welcome to the Faith Debate on 930 WFMD. I'm Troy Skinner. You're long, I know, long time. I'm old. I get it. I'm old. Don't remind me. Host of the Faith Debate show. Uh, joined by the, you know, you were 10 when I started doing this show. <laughs> Daniel That's Rasby. Right. And uh, yep. David was, I don't know, he, well, you were probably only 11. No, he's, <laughs> you were probably like 20 or so when yeah, I started. Maybe 19, show. something like that. Huh? 19? Sure. Yeah? How Se- old are you? 17 years ago? Yeah. 36. Okay. 19. Yeah, 19. Math skills. <laughs> <laughs> Very impressive. Yeah, it's not the only thing you're going to hear today, theology and things like that. You're going to hear math. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, all three of us, uh, David Forsey, uh, Daniel Rasvi, me, Troy Skinner, we uh, lead or are involved in leading uh, house churches. Uh, in the area, and we are, along with Imran Razvi, who couldn't be here for um, this show and the last couple of shows, uh, he's normally going to be part of this panel. He's also involved uh, with leading a house church, and the Razvis have a ministry that has a website. It's um, conqueredbylove.org. Conquered by Love Ministries is the name of the entity, but conqueredbylove.org is their uh, website. And I think it's going to connect with some of the things that we're going to be talking about today, actually. Mm-hmm. So we've been spending the last few weeks talking about house church, meeting in a home for church, that sort of thing. And we've talked about the advantages, the disadvantages. We've talked about, uh, you know, what things look and feel like inside of a, a house church. And we all have various ways of doing this. and not all exactly the same, but there are some interesting commonalities. And I don't think that's necessarily by accident. Uh, we talked about you know one of the benefits being integrating the family, meaning from the youngest to the oldest are all kind of doing church together, fellowshipping together, mm-hmm. learning and growing together. Uh, and, uh, so therefore, you're avoiding the dangers of of youth groups and uh, right. kiddie Sunday schools where you have no <coughs> idea what they're telling and teaching your kids, and right you have more direct control and say over those sorts of things. So all of that uh, is good. And we kind of alluded to this when I was talking about the reason why my particular house church is one of the few I know that has a website. Um, the overwhelming majority of house churches do not have a website. But we did. And that website is householdoffaithinchrist.com. Uh, so if you want to – somebody's listening. They've been, they've been persuaded over the last few weeks like, huh, this house church thing is kind of interesting. Maybe I should start one or maybe I should find one. What advice might you guys have for somebody finding one, the best way to go about trying to find one, and uh, things they need to think about if they are seriously considering starting one? Call Troy. That's a good answer, right? (laughs) I can tell you this. um, I have because uh, uh, I have a website. Some people have found me. And they've reached out to me and said, hey, uh, I was looking for a house church, and I found you. Can you help me? And unfortunately, two people so far have found me, the web, which is, I think, pretty impressive. The website's less than six months old. Well, mm. as you're hearing this on the radio, it's now a little over six months old. But still, it's, uh, I think it's rather impressive that a couple of people actually found our website with that particular question. Unfortunately, they weren't local. That right. just speaks uh, to the difficulty in finding a house church. Yeah. They found me, and they're like, uh, you don't have a location but from the stuff I'm seeing in your social media, it seems like you're probably somewhere in Maryland, and I'm not in Maryland, but do you know any house churches near where we are? And in both cases, I was able to help them get shoved off in the right direction to find what I would have reason to believe and trust and hope 
is an actual Bible-believing, Bible-teaching church, but not a house church. So how does somebody find a house church? I mean, if, they, if they're local, they're hearing my voice on the radio right now, they're local, and they could call me, and I could say, well, here's what my church is about. And they're like, oh, I don't think that would work for us. Oh, well, I know something about the Rasby's church and something about the 4C's church. I could describe those. They'd be a fit. And I know that, uh, I don't know if they're still doing it, David, but there's somebody you know that either was or mm-hmm. is thinking about doing a house church. So there's a fourth house church potentially that we know about. There's several in this area that I I know about or have connections to. Okay, so. But I I don't know in Wyoming who's in the house churches there. Yeah, but no, I'm talking about locally. Somebody who's hearing us on the radio right now, they want to go to. So if they didn't like us, yeah, I want to go to a house church, but not you three knuckleheads. You guys don't know what's going on. But I like the house church idea. We could point them to somebody outside of us three. So so that'd be Mm -hmm. one way. It's true. One of the things you could do is you could go to the NCFIC website, National Center for Family Integrated Churches, and that website has a listing of um, family integrated churches across the country. And Those aren't it, all necessarily house they are churches, not. Though. They are not, but you can also sort by house church, I believe. Um, and there's there's types of churches there, uh, and it'll, it'll say whether it's a house church. But what you'll find with that website is it'll all be churches where the children are expected to be in the, in the service. Mm. So they're generally in that vein already with a lot of the similar principles to what we have and the reasons we have for meeting in houses. And there are a bunch of house churches on that website. You can also check the, your homeschool umbrella groups and homeschool movements uh, and any connections you have to homeschoolers. A lot of them will have some knowledge of people that uh, are, are in the house churches. Now, one yeah, of the challenges, sure. like if somebody were to contact me, obviously I'd have no problem talking to them about and encourage them to consider coming to Household of Faith in Christ because, I mean, I believe in what we're doing. Yeah. And I know you guys. And so I could say, where do you live? And they live on the south end of the county. I say, you know what? You're actually closer to the four seas than me. How about if I get your number? Maybe I'll ask David to give you a call and you can kind of see. And they'll feed you every week. So. And they'll feed you every week. <laughs> yeah. And so... Uh, and I would have no problem doing that. But just because it's a house church doesn't mean I'm going to recommend somebody go there. Yeah. So finding a house church is one thing, but finding a faithful biblical church is another. And that's one of the main reasons. There are precious be, few of those. Yeah. And, and yeah, across the board, right, regardless right. of size. Right. Yeah. And I've had some people locally have reached out to me saying, hey, I don't know if a house church is really – I'll. Uh, it ties into what we're talking about, so I guess I'll mention it. I don't think I could do what you guys are doing because, you know, we really need a good youth program for the kids and we, you know, we need this, we need that. And, you know, but do you know any good faithful Bible teaching churches, you know, uh, because my church has gone crazy. They're totally off the deep end on, you know, being left theologically, which is My answer would be because they did youth group. That's why they went that way. (laughs) Maybe. But I'm not going to just recommend somebody because they're a house church. So like even the family integrated, uh, you know, uh, website for the churches Mm -hmm. that network together. Uh, they do have a statement of, of faith the, to sign off on, there's, but, but they're not. It's a very basic, and you'll find Presbyterians there. You'll find Baptists there. You'll people, find they're, they're not really vetting that. Not not particularly. And as we're finding out, I mean, this, the Southern Baptist Convention has gone through quite the ringer the last two and a half years because they adopted they, CRT because they got a whole bunch of churches that have uh, and pastors who have embraced yeah, CRT, critical race theory, right. and other aspects of critical theory for that matter. In spite of the fact that it goes against their statement of belief that they've had to sign off on because they define their terms in such a way that they don't feel like they're being 
dishonest in any way. Mm-hmm. But those who understand the issues that are going on realize, no, 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 no. You're not defining the terms the way they need. You are woke, and you're denying it. That's fine. So, but they signed off on their uh, what is what is Southern Baptist? I, I forget. I used to be Southern Baptist. Uh, the uh, oh my gosh, the resolutions. Yeah, that's not it. But there's the statement of oh, it almost popped into my head. Well, the Dallas statement. Yeah. Well, no. They, they, well, that's they different. They didn't sign. They the didn't Dallas. sign that. But anyway, the point is, just because it's a house church doesn't make it's a good church. In fact, it could be a wackadoo church. You know, I won't get into specifics. I don't know if I ever told you this, uh, Daniel, but I have shared with uh, David. There's somebody I know very well, leads a house church. I wouldn't recommend it. You know, so just because it's a house church, that's not the panacea. Uh, so the family integrated part, you know, that's that's a nice to have. That's not the main thing. You know, uh, um, are they actually being true to what the text says right. is the most important thing? Are they teaching God's word faithfully? And are they living out life in accordance with that faithful teaching and preaching of that word? That's what's important. Now, an extension of that could be the family integrated, you know, element of it. But that's not the that, – that's not – I'm sure uh, – what were those guys called that were wearing the Nikes and the jumpsuits and they were waiting for the, the uh, aliens to come in the tail of the comet like back in the 90s? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I right? know what you're talking about. I forget what they yeah. were called now, but those guys might have been family integrated for all I know. Right. <laughs> right. But they all killed each other. <laughs> so literally, they all committed suicide. Yeah. So, so, how do you, so I guess that the pastors, right, ask the pastors right. – what they believe and why and that sort of thing. And if you're biblically... See, this is a challenge, though. This is why it's an important question. If you're a solid Christian already, you might want to think about having your own house church and taking on the, the mantle and responsibility. And if that's the case, reach out to me and we can talk about what that looks like and we can figure out ways to make sure that you're... You know, you're, 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 maybe all of us would get together and talk with that person and make sure they're getting launched in the right direction kind of thing. But what about the person who's not a rock-solid Christian? Uh, they know that something doesn't feel right about their church, or they're not even going to church yet, but they've heard so many danger stories about churches that have gone off the deep end that they don't know mm. what to trust, and they feel like small is good. I want to go to a house church. I feel most comfortable there. I feel like that's going to be good for me and my family. They don't know how to vet a pastor. They don't know what questions to ask. So what are some questions they should ask? I would ask, do you read the Bible during the church service? It's amazing how many people don't, uh, not particularly house churches, but this is just a good question to ask any church before you go uh, attend is how, how often do you be, are you reading the Bible and are you preaching from the Bible or are you just giving a, a lecture that doesn't really tie to the, into the Bible? So that's, that's one thing. Um, the, the other the other question you can ask is is what is your stance on abortion or LGBT issues th- things like that do you have a traditional Christian worldview on those issues and if they don't have an answer on their tip of their tongue like if you ask me what's my stance on abortion it's murder it took me half a second to say that that that's how easy it should be to answer those questions if you hear people hemming and hawing oh well see that's a complicated issue it, it, it just it, Okay, just go to the next person. Go to the next place because it, the pastor should have an answer on any of the uh, most uh, you know important topics of the day, but but particularly relating to the Bible. And if you don't have that thought out answer, if if it's oh that's a complicated thing, well maybe this is not somebody that you want to be hearing um, 
teaching from the word on. It might seem crazy, but I'm telling you, it's gaining so much momentum. I'm going to mention this as a way to uh, to knock out an important segment of churches you would never want to consider. Ask them about the historicity of Moses. Really? Was yeah? Did Moses actually live? Was he an actual human being in actual history? There's a rising movement where there are people that are saying no. So obviously that's a non-starter. I mean, the more obvious, easy one is: Did you, you know what's your position on the, the historicity of Jesus? You know, and, did he actually die? Did he actually raise from the dead? Did he actually ascend to heaven? You'll and, find some people now that are going to argue: Well, it's kind of mythic in nature, and you know, and the Trinity, the, and the Trinity. I, I know some people in the house church movement that do not believe in the Trinity. They believe that the Father and the Son are separate people, and the Son is less than the Father. And the Holy Spirit is just part of the Father. So they have the Father and the Son. And that's, that's their b- belief. But you wouldn't know it by just talking to them. You ha- I, I have had to go through hours and hours of conversations with some of these uh, acquaintances that I have in order to understand that that was their actual position. Uh, if you came out and asked them, do you believe in the Trinity, they would have said that. But that didn't come up because they presented as believers in, and they know how to say the right stuff. And actually, here's an interesting – I never thought about this but right now, but you know what? This is a really good clarifying question. If I called you up, you know, I, I turned somebody on to calling you, David. said, hey, you know what? You might want to check out David Forsey. He's got a good church thing going on down there. I trust him. You're pretty close to where he lives. You might want to see if it's a good fit for you and uh, you know, ask him some important questions. The first important question they probably should ask you is, so, uh, Pastor Forsey, um, what's your understanding of the gospel? What is the gospel? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then we wanted to do this at some point during the show anyway. How about now? You explain the gospel sh- briefly. And then, to be honest, I don't, either one of you can jump in. Explain the gospel briefly. And then if an answer something like this isn't what you hear, it's probably <laughs> not a church to go to. Yeah. So, so, so I, I would say, I mean, do you think you're a pretty good person? Because I think I'm a pretty good person. I generally do good things. I do more good things than bad things, I think. Um, I think most people who are um, trying to, to to do the right thing are going to end up doing more good things than bad things. And many people have the understanding that, oh, well, if there is an afterlife or if there is a heaven or whatever, I'll probably be there because I'm a, I'm a pretty good person. I mean, yeah, that, that, I'm good enough. So if you're right, then you, your, the listener, and me, all of us, we'll, we'll all be in heaven together because I mean, we all do more good things than bad things just in general. Um, but if you're wrong, I'll be in heaven, but you'll be in hell because you didn't believe in Jesus that he died for your sins. He is the only way to, to heaven and has nothing to do with how good you are. I mean, you can keep doing more good than evil, but you, <laughs> the, the important thing is to make sure that you are trusting in Jesus alone. That's the, that's the thing. And so then you're guaranteed a spot in heaven, I guess, either way. But that's, that's uh, um, Pascal's argument from, what was the 1600s or something? But anyway, uh, David, you have something to add to that? Um, yeah, I don't know about, I don't know about add, but uh, the... Yeah, the the gospel is is the understanding that, um, I mean, it starts with with the understanding that that we need we need to be saved, we need to be rescued, and we uh, we cannot do that ourselves. Uh, we don't have it in us, um, and so uh, so the the good news is that uh, that God has made that way. He's provided a savior, a rescuer. 
uh, in Jesus, um, you know, to be rescued from from our own sin, from uh, which you know has brought death into the world, uh, and so uh, so Jesus is the the rescuer from um, from the the guilt, the shame, the condemnation, uh, everything that our our sin has brought about, the death that our our sin has brought about, and in honor today, Reformation Day. You know, this, we are justified by by faith alone, in uh, you know through His grace. It's mm-hmm. not by works, but by faith. Yeah. So, in honor of Reformation Day, dress your kids up as Martin Luther. <laughs> <laughs> That's put, right. Put a monk outfit on them. <laughs> Look, basically, I mean, and this might even be a good litmus test for your current pastor to see how your current pastor. And you could couch it as, "Hey, if I if I'm going to share the gospel with somebody, what are the things I need to be saying? Help, help me." get better at sharing the gospel. And there are some basic pieces to the sharing of the gospel that are must-haves. I would say at minimum, and I don't think it goes far enough, but at minimum it needs to touch upon uh, creation, fall, redemption. At minimum, those three things. I don't think it goes far enough. But if they're not at least there, I mean, there is a creator. Right. Right? Who created everything. Yep. <laughs> Right. Yeah. He, there's like matter wasn't preexistent. You know, God made everything. Right. So you got to start with a creator uh, and you can get into what was in, quote unquote, the mind of God before creation, and all that. But those are all related to there is a creator who has a mind and, and created everything. So you got to start there. And then uh, the second thing was fall, meaning you know, there is sin. There is brokenness. There is evil. We do wrong things. And this creator hasn't done any wrong things. He has a perfect standard. And he created you for relationship with him, but he can only have the kind of relationship that we really can have through righteousness. And so the fall breaks that. So you have creation and you have fall and then redemption means the necessity of Christ. Not, and right. not just Christ at the cross, but, the, but the, the person of Christ, the work of Christ, who he is and what he's done. And he is the son of God. So if Christ is anything other than the son of God, you've got a problem. If, if Christ is merely an example, uh, you've got right. a problem. If he didn't actually accomplish something at the cross, you've got a real problem. So those three are absolute musts. I would say I've heard some people add, and I think helpfully, what they call a fourfold gospel. So they'll have creation, fall, redemption, and then they'll add glorification, which gets to the telos, the end, like the ultimate aim. So creation, fall, redemption, redeemed onto what? Redeemed onto glorification. But I like to actually add a, a, a fifth fold, if you will, a fifth element. So I feel like a fuller, more complete expression of the gospel. you got creation, fall, redemption, restoration, which is the bridge between the cross and the glorification. It addresses the question of what's happening now. It, it has to do with our sanctification, the, the outworking of the gospel. So it's truly a repentance. It's a repentance unto obedience. It's not, not easy believism. It's not like, oh, I said the sinner's prayer, and now I'm going to be forever with God in heaven because I'm going to be glorified. Like we've skipped over the sanctifying, restoring part, the work out your, your faith uh, aspect of the gospel. So I feel like if those five pieces, at least the first three, but if all five are 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 given, you've got a pastor or somebody who's given you a comprehensive expression of the gospel. And if they can do that, that's a good church, whether it's a house church or not. Yeah, I'd say, I'd say that's a, that, that's a good, a good, uh, a good minimum, right? A good, uh, a good start. Um, foundation. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 
I think I think what the only other thing that I would add, and you and you may not see this until over time, uh, but is uh, is that gospel laced throughout? Evers uh, is is the gospel uh, ever present? By the way, culturally speaking, it'd be good for us to say, you know, when you get in, when you're talking about each of these creation, okay, created as what? Men were created as men, women were created as women. Right, those those right. Are you can't things. choose what you are. This you know, those, is how those God are made important you. things because you're talking about okay, what if you reject if you're listening to this right now and you reject that that's fine. But you're not just rejecting my words; you're rejecting what the Bible teaches, and so you're not looking for a faithfully biblical church. But if you're looking for a faithful biblical church, you're looking for a church that's going to say a man is a man, a woman is a woman, because that's that would be the biblical. I, I, I think ultimately what uh, acknowledging God as Creator is doing is acknowledging that He is the ultimate authority; that what He says is he reality is reality. Yeah, He, right. he makes the rules he is for right. for for. You know, from the beginning and throughout all of eternity. Right. Yeah. So that's and that's that's a lot of what God said to Job at the end of Job is, look, I'm God. You're a man. You know, I I can do all these things. This is this is not your place to 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 judge me. Yeah. Um, we only so. got you know a couple of minutes literally uh, left, but I, I thought it might be good to touch on because I know that uh, David, your family homeschools doesn't just house church but homeschools, and I think you are homeschooled as well, yep. right? And I homeschool as well. My kids. So, and you mentioned that as a way to try to find a house church. Actually, is look for a homeschool network or something like that, some sort mm-hmm. of uh, mm-hmm. uh, cooperative program or something. And they might, there might be a higher percentage of people there that are going to house churches. I guess is the implication there. It, it's, it's obviously not a requirement that that you do one or the other. I mean, I have firm. And we'll talk about that issue perhaps. But there seems like a, there's a natural overlap. It seems to me, right? If you're already homeschooling, house churching makes a lot of sense. And if you're house churching, well, is, is that yeah. fair? Yeah. So, I mean, my, I, I think my thought to sort of tie both of those together is that, um, you know, God created the family when he said it's not good that man should be alone and, you know, and brought Adam and Eve to the, the, the family is where sort of everything should be should be happening and should be uh, as centered around the family as possible. So the, you know, whether it's, whether it's education uh, uh, from the family, you know, that it's hard to make work center around the family, Um, you know, and so. Yeah, it's a real challenge for our culture right now because, you know, uh, in in church context, it's group and the Sunday school takes care of it for you. Drop them off at the curb and the government-funded pagan schools uh, take care of it for you. Um, And so it goes so contrary to what the norm in our culture is. But I'm telling you, if you're still homeschooling uh, or homeschooling, if you're still uh, pagan schooling your kids right now, what in the world are you thinking Seriously, they they are Marxist factories. <laughs> you need to you need to really hard. And if you have questions about that, I mean, the Razzi family and the Forsey family, and even my family to a lesser degree, have experience. You guys have tons of experience in that. You could speak to that and help coach them through it, and 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 be a guide and a resource for that. So if you're thinking about homeschooling, but, oh, but I could never do it. How do you do it? I'm telling you, these it, guys could help you figure that. It out. It is your responsibility to teach your kids. So with that, we're going to wrap up the show. Thank you uh, for that. Firm exclamation point on the end of the show, Daniel, as Daniel Razvi, uh, the other voice you heard besides mine today is David Forsey. Uh, 